Hi, and welcome to the Irana Hills Church of Christ podcast. We hope this message from Pastor Clinton Montgomery brings you closer to knowing God, finding freedom in Him, and understanding what He has in store for you and your community. To learn more about Irana Hills Church of Christ, head to aranahills.church. We hope you enjoy this message. Good day and welcome to our online service. So glad that you guys could join us today. We're in week two of our series, Red Letter Prayers, just a a four-week, five-week series where we're just unpacking some of the key prayers that Jesus prayed. Um, And hopefully we could grapple with some of those prayers, just learning uh, the deeper meaning of what is available when praying. I had a very interesting experience this week where I had the opportunity to buy some golf clubs over, um, over the internet. It was so good because I had the opportunity to search, to look through, to find exactly what I wanted and to place the order. Now, the bad thing is because of COVID, the orders don't come as quickly as they promised. So from last week, Friday, I've been waiting for a specific um, few clubs to arrive. So every afternoon at about three, four o'clock, I would walk outside waiting for the white delivery van, hoping that they would bring the clubs that I'm waiting for. Um, In the anticipation, I actually sold my other clubs and I booked two golf games, hoping that my new clubs would be ready. This morning when I woke up, I got the worst email ever, that they informed me that the clubs that I ordered wasn't available anymore and that I had now sold my other clubs, and I don't have any golf clubs at the moment. So immediately I had to think about what I needed, what I wanted, and just took me through that journey. In all of this, I realized how often we actually approach prayer the same way, where we almost place our order, and then we walk around waiting, hoping that God would do something for us. And after the first, the second, the third day, we try a different version of prayer or a different option. And sometimes it gets to the place that we feel prayer just doesn't work. And unfortunately, that's the experience for so many people. That when it comes to prayer, it's a slog. It's not an easy thing. And I'm trusting that in this series that that we could unlock certain answers to prayer, certain understandings of prayer, where you could engage God from a completely different paradigm. Last week when we started, we spoke about the fact that prayer in its essence is an invitation to intimacy, it's an invitation to be formed, and it's an invitation to be sent. Now, again, there's discussion guides for your group, but also a prayer card that you can download from our resources page, uh, where as groups or personally, you can actually consider just what we spoke about last week in something of of a better understanding of the way we approach prayer. See, AJ said last week that prayer is not just about the transactional experience where we hope that we would form things But prayer is about the transformational experience where God actually changes us and God forms us. So last week we we got to the place where we said that if you look at Matthew 6 and the um, prayer that Jesus taught us, there's three key things that we need to consider. Firstly, start with declaring God's greatness. And I'm hoping that this is so much more than just a little ritualistic exercise. See, in my life, every time I get to this point where I start with those words, my father or our father, it just amazes me 
just what happens in my mind and what happens in my spirit when I consider that the creator of heaven and earth has actually done everything possible to cancel any form of distance and delay to the point that I can now call him a father. That the greatness of God and the approachableness of God has been redefined in Christ. So we approach God by actually declaring his greatness. And the second one is we surrender to his will. And this morning we'll say something about that. And the third is we acknowledge our dependence for provision, for pardon, and for protection. Now I want to skip to uh, a part in the, um, in, in the Our Father prayer that we recite so often but just in my prep this week, something struck me in this. And, and for the next few minutes or so, I want to just unpack something that is embedded in Matthew 6, verse 10. It says, um, as part of the Our Father prayer, your kingdom come. Remember, this is a prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Profound words, words that I think we use very often in different ways. It's words that actually teaches us in prayer, but I think also in life, to surrender to God's agenda before our agenda. See, the, the whole process of surrender, especially in the kingdom of God, is we understand that surrender leads us to a better place. That's not always the case when we have to surrender, because surrender feels like an act of being powerless, but the moment we surrender to God, there's this transaction or this transition from us being lonely, devastated, all alone in terms of our sin or our pain or our brokenness. The moment we surrender, there's a unity of person and will between us and God. And this whole notion of, of, of your kingdom come, your will be done actually facilitates this first step where we surrender our will to God's will, our agenda, to God's agenda. There's something in that, that I believe that as, um, as we surrender to his agenda, it's as if Jesus believed that God's kingdom agenda would not just be something that we pray, but it would, be, it would become the actual definition of our life. See, the kind of prayer that forms us is very different than the kind of prayer that we use to form things. It is so possible in prayers where we allow the kingdom agenda, just God's agenda to form us, that we would come to a place that it would override our agenda, our selfish ambitions, our selfish desires, and it'll bring us to a place where what we want is in alignment with what God desires. So I think... Um, it brings us to a place where we can discover that prayer is so much more than just a mechanism to limit God to our own personal genie in a bottle. I think that's what the big Disney story Aladdin is actually all about. See, when Aladdin discovered the, um, the genie, he suddenly had access to unlimited power. And it was in that moment, the story tells, that, that the power embedded in the genie um, exposed something in two key individuals, Aladdin and Jafar. See, actually, the genie was only a mirror reflection of the two individuals, that the genie actually just brought forth what sat in their hearts. And I believe that's almost exactly what prayer does. 
Prayer in its purest form will always reveal what sits in your heart. See, I sort of wondered when I thought about this. What if my prayers were a mirror reflection of the way that I see myself, my desires, and my ambition? See, Aladdin at one point uh, allowed himself to be formed by the genie. It didn't always start well, but the end of the story, Aladdin discovered a whole new version of who he truly was. That the genie facilitated some form of transformation in his life. Jafar, on the other hand, only had eyes for the transactional power that was embedded in that lamp. And it didn't end well for him at all. So think about this. When Jesus speaks on prayer and asking, it comes from the understanding that the transformational power of prayer could change us as much um, to the point that we could literally ask anything we want in his name and he would do it. Now that seems dangerous. Just think about those words. That you could ask anything you want and the Bible says he will do it or he will give it to you. So I just want to unpack just what sits behind that. Because I think for, for, for a lot of people, they've misunderstood the actual transformation that takes place when we pray and when we connect to God um, in a transformational way. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want to ask you to turn to John chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. Just listen to what Jesus says. I've got the words on the screen for you. Jesus starts by saying, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. So interesting principle that you will do the same and even greater because I'm leaving. So I'm actually trusting you with what's happening on the planet. He says, I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. Shocking statement. It's as if Jesus is positioning himself um, to follow what we're asking, to actually be responsible for, for doing what we're, we're asking. And I think that puts a, a, a little um, red dot, a little danger tag on that prayer. But then he follows that up with something even more um, interesting. He says, I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him. Now, just again, <laughs> I don't know if, you th if you've thought about it this way, that the way the son brings glory to the father is actually responding to the prayers that we're praying. That something of this almost doesn't make sense. That Jesus has to return everything to the Father and that glorifies him. And now he comes and he says that I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. And then he follows it up with this statement. He says, ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Now, I sort of wondered if I went to Michaela, my five-year-old, and I said to her, Michaela, from now on, the way that mommy will be best pleased is if you ask me anything you want, and I'll do exactly as you ask. 
I mean, Michaela would go wild. And I promise you, she, will, she won't eat any veggies. It'll be slushies, it'll be McDonald's, and it'll be cheeseburgers for the rest of her life. That's almost what we're seeing in this, that God is um, almost um, committing himself to the glorification process by what we are praying for. Now, the concept of asking anything in my name obviously needs more clarification. It means um, when Jesus says, if you ask in my name, it's a prayer not just based on his name, but asked on, prayer that is asked on the merit of everything that he's achieved. So because you understand not just my name, but what my name represents, your desires will come in alignment with my desires. See, um, this signifies a representative acting on God's behalf. So when we say that we pray in Jesus' name, it's not just as if I say, like Michaela, I want a slushy, I want my um, uh, cheeseburger and chips in daddy's name. She knows that when she asks, her desire, her asking would reflect my desire. That something shifted, something transitioned in her and I believe that same thing has to transition in us so that when we ask in his name, we'll ask in accordance to everything that his name represents and everything his name stands for. See, this, I believe, implies intimacy. It implies a, a sort of transformation that has taken place between God and us. We're in the mere moment of prayer we're reflecting his desires for everything that is happening in and through our life. Just listen to what John 16, verse 25 to 27 says. He says, I have said things, these things to you in figures of speech, but the hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but will tell you plainly of the Father. That's such a beautiful moment where Jesus says that I'm going to show you exactly who God is, that through me and through everything that I'm doing, you'll come to a much deeper understanding of who God is and God will be presented as a Father. He says, on that day, you will ask in my name. Jesus continues that conversation. So when I present the Father in you, you will ask in my name. And listen to what he says. He says, I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I have come from God. So Jesus says that there, there's going to come a day where he will present the Father. And we know the cross presented God as a God of love as a God that invited humanity into this incredible relationship that canceled any reference of distance and delay, where suddenly we have this great opportunity to, to, to engage in prayer, not as a ritual, but as an expression of an intimate relationship with our Father. Jesus says, in those moments, you will ask in my name. Your prayer would represent everything that he stands for. But he says, it's not as if you're going to pray through me. He says, in that day, I'm not going to pray on your behalf. I'm going to actually connect you to the Father. But everything you'll ask, you'll ask on my behalf. Now that assumes that when Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done, 
that we understand that something happens in us when we understand and surrender to God's will. So I think for so many people, they've prayed that, ver that verse, oh God, I just pray that your will be done in that situation, almost as a cop-out because they don't know what to think or to believe about the situation. But we see something very different in the life of Christ, that Jesus actually didn't pray anything that he wasn't committed to doing. I want to say that again. <laughs> Jesus didn't pray anything that he wasn't committed to doing. So when he prayed for our salvation, for the fact that we needed to be redeemed, guess what he did? He became the sacrifice for us. So there's this understanding that, that intimacy and surrender is directly connected to one another. That as I surrender myself to God's agenda, something happens in me. It's a transformative process that changes me on the inside where suddenly I start wanting what God wants. See, we understand that prayer is not a mechanism we use because God is far. Prayer is representing the will of God because the Father is intimately connected with us. Just listen to what 1 John 5 verse 14 and 15 says. He says, and this is the boldness we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Again, just listen to this. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have obtained the request made of him. Now, this is interesting because in essence, that, that word actually means that we have laid hold, we have possessed what we have obtained. Or if you want to take it one level further, one of the um, commentaries actually says that we have become what we have obtained. Now, let's just clarify that. We know that we are, have obtained the requests made of him. So in the moment of prayer, prayer is not just bringing to God what we think we want. Prayer is actually that experience where we allow God to infiltrate, to influence us with what He wants. And as soon as we discover what is available in Him, we ask. And if we ask according to what is available in Christ, He hears us. But not just hears us, we obtain that, we possess that, we become what we are actually praying for. See, asking in a way like that forms us or it transforms us. It's a transformational experience where we become our prayers. We become the fulfillment of His will. See, it's little moments like that where we say, God, please forgive them. Well, yes, I have. Now I want you to forgive them or to love them or to care for them. Just imagine that. What would you pray if you realized that your prayer was actually part of God's forming process, that you would become everything that you're praying for? Love them, care for them, bless them, provide for them. It sort of challenged me just with this, that I just wrote this little comment down. Clinton, don't pray for anything that you're not willing to become. Don't pray what you are not willing to become. 
And that brings us to another place that I think prayer is not just about asking, it's about representing Jesus, not just in our words, but our actions. See, in John 14 and John 16, Jesus repeats the statement that I am going to my Father. And I must be honest with you, um, it's very difficult for a lot of people, and it was difficult for me initially to understand uh, just how I would grow in an intimate relationship with someone that wasn't even here, that I couldn't see. So how do I actually represent His will if I don't see Him? But in my journey in life, and especially through prayer, I realized that prayer was much more an invitation to change me rather just to um, ask what I needed. See, prayer helped me discover that it was part of God's process and part of God's journey to bring me back to the place that He's always seen me as someone that has the ability to represent His will and His desire on earth. You see, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are committing to more than just prayer. It's a prayer that leads to action. Because Jesus says, when you pray, pray. Your kingdom come, your will be, not just prayed, <laughs> your will be done. We're actually saying, God, we are trusting that your will will be actioned on the planet. And use me. And if I'm not willing Change me so that I could represent your heart and your character and your nature and your intention with people. It's important because suddenly prayer becomes a little bit of a different exercise. Instead of this shopping list, this wish list, this transactional approach where we sort of just run through a few things that we think we need in order to live life well, we come to a place that we realize that we can't pray about anything without committing ourselves to being part of the solution. Can I say that again? It's understanding that if prayer is this journey that forms us, we won't pray about anything if we aren't willing to commit ourselves to being part of the actual solution. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for us and also died for us. Jesus, in essence, became the answer to the prayers that he prayed. And a big part of that is actually called him being an intercessor or a mediator, where in that moment, the prayers of Jesus and the actions of Jesus mediated between God and us. That concept of mediating between, um, literally means acting between two extremes. Ephesians says we were darkness and he is light and Christ stepped in as a mediator and brought a connection between us in our state of darkness and God being light and he brought us together. It means to interpose between two parties as an equal friend and I love that because the Bible speaks of Jesus as the son of God and the son of man representing us and representing God and in that moment when he mediated he stood, on, um, he stood in the middle and he brought two parties that he loved equally together and he brought them together as one. See, mediating is all about the reconciliation that's available to us because of what Christ did on the cross. The moment we start praying, we need to realize that it becomes our responsibility to show people what actually is available in the cross. 
But it's not just mediating between God and us. It's also mediating a separation between us and the forces of darkness. That in this moment when we pray, and especially if we see some people's lives go down the spiral, we mediate, we pray, we intercede saying, God, I am trusting that you would intervene on their behalf, that you would separate darkness um, from their lives and that you would show your light and your life and that Christ would become visible in their lives. And guess what happens? The next thing is you realize that you've got to connect. You've got to show love. You've got to show care. And it's in that moment where we become the connection between our prayers and God's solution. Where God's kingdom comes in that moment, as it is in heaven, it becomes a reality on earth. That's why so often prayer is referred to as the act of intercessory. It's important to understand that prayer is not just something we do. It's something we're becoming. That is, the more and more we become attuned to His will, the more we understand just what His intentions, His agenda, of the, the agenda of the kingdom is, the more we actually become the expression of God's will. And there's an alignment between what we're praying and what we're becoming. Your kingdom come, your will, your desire be done on earth as it is in heaven is a statement of our surrender to His will. I want to ask you to consider that every time you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. There's so much more than just your will that needs to be prayed. It's the understanding that God is going to call you to action His will. So I want to conclude. Just think about this for a moment. Transactional prayer asks very little from us. Sort of asks the question, what do I want? And I think some of them could sit on some real press, pressing issues that we need um, answered in this moment. Luckily, I think God's grace is so, so big that I think he answers some transactional prayers. But the kind of prayer that I think always leads to an answer is the prayer that engages God, not just from a transactional experience, but a transformational experience where we see a need, a challenge or something that we are praying into and we realize that a part of this praying process is the fact that God will transform me, that God will change me. It's a kind of prayer that assumes that I need to become what I'm praying for. And all of this brings us back to what God originally intended and desired for us when He placed Adam and Eve on the planet. The fact that we will be His representatives. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says. He says, So we are Christ's ambassadors, God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That there's a place where when we speak, we actually speak on His behalf. That there's such an alignment between what God wants and what we want, that we actually accurately reflect the desires of the Father because of our prayers. So I wondered when I thought about this, if you could ask anything in His name, who would benefit from that? You or the world that you're living in? 
Just think about that. If you had the opportunity right now to ask anything in his name, would you be the only beneficiary? Or have you started allowing God the right? Have you surrendered to that point where prayer is not just about what you want, but prayer actually becomes this invitation to say, God, change me so that I would want what you want. See, Jesus believed prayer is so much more than asking for your wish list, that prayer is becoming, in essence, a revelation of God's desire in your life, that we could become an expression of the red letters. And as we grow in prayer, so we grow in our understanding that we will ask and do greater things as Jesus promised, because God's will is the salvation and the restoration of all things on this planet. And it actually brings us to the point that we realize that in moments of prayer and in the moments of acting, we are becoming the actual expression of God's will and God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to leave you with this last verse in Psalm 40, verse 6 to 8. Just listen to what David says. He says, doing something for you, bringing something to you that's not, what you're, that's not what you're after. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You've opened my ears so I can listen. So, I'm, so I answered, I'm coming. I read in your letter what you wrote about me and I'm coming to the party you're throwing for me. That's when God's word entered my life and became a part of my very being. That's my prayer, that God's word would enter your life, that God's will would enter your life and that you would become the very words that were spoken over you. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that prayer is so much more than just a transactional experience. Thank you that prayer is almost this journey of us surrendering to your will, allowing you access into our hearts, our lives, and our spheres of influence, where you bring us to that point, Lord, where you are actively working in us, changing us to want what you're wanting so that we can do what you want to do. Knowing, Lord, that you've given us this gift of prayer where we can come and we can ask anything in your name, anything that represents your kingdom, anything that represents exactly what you achieved on the cross, and it will be given to us. So I want to pray, Lord, that you would help us in this journey called prayer, that our will and our desires would be completely aligned with your will and your desire. Help us, Lord, that, that our prayers would almost be an invitation, not just to change things externally, but to change us, so that our praying and our doing would communicate the fact that we understand that we are your representatives, we are your amb ambassadors, that we are praying and we are living prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were encouraged by the message and would like to hear more sermons like this, make sure you hit subscribe. 
follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. To experience other messages, videos, and live services, head to aranahills.church and navigate to the resources tab. Thanks for listening.